0: when your company does stand for something greater than the bottom line, you attract employees that care about that mission as well, whose values are aligned. And then they bring their whole self to work. They bring all of their passion and mental capabilities to help solve that problem. And so it helps from a talent recruitment and retention standpoint, and also from a consumer standpoint. When they're looking across a sea of sameness from a product standpoint or a service standpoint, and what you're doing really resonates with their beliefs, they're going to choose your product. You're listening to Art of the App. I'm your host, Michelle Cherian.
1: Each episode, you'll get creative inspiration from mission-driven startup founders, investors, and other experts disrupting the status quo. Hear about the thought processes and values that help guide them from early ideas to the standout products and brands that people love. Looking to learn from others, creating a massive impact in the world? Welcome to Art of the App. Welcome, everyone. In today's episode, I talk to Kathy Veral. Kathy is an expert at driving profit with purpose. She created the global purpose strategy for Adidas, a $22 billion company. Now she helps her clients use purpose to stand out in a competitive environment attract the best talent, gain consumer loyalty, and fully harness the innovative brainpower of their employees. She shares her deep knowledge and how-to with clients so they can skip the hard lessons and go straight to the strategies that work. Kathy has 20 years of experience across brand marketing, strategy, and impact, working with established brands like Adidas, MillerCoors, and Microsoft. Kathy is a sought-after speaker, purpose strategy expert, and CSR, an ESG consultant, who has spoken and facilitated workshops around the globe. In this episode, Kathy and I talk about how being a purpose-led company is good for your business on all levels, connecting with your customers, giving employees a deeper why, and providing future focus for innovation. How the world's biggest problems are also the biggest business opportunities if you can find a way to solve them. And how it's never too late to start embedding purpose into your company and change the culture of your organization as a result. If you enjoy the podcast, please scroll up and subscribe. That is the number one way that we can grow and reach more people. All right, let's dive in. Welcome, Kathy. I'm so excited to chat with you. I know that your title is Purpose Strategy Expert, and you've worked with many companies on really helping them understand what their purpose is, what their driving mission or purpose is overall. Like, I'm just wondering how your journey, personal journey, have led you to this path because it sounds like such an amazing
0: title and role to be in. Thank you. At the very start of my career journey, right out of undergrad, like minted diploma in hand, I joined the Peace Corps. And I saw it kind of as an internship for me because I was interested in getting a master's in developmental economics. And I'd always been really intrigued by I guess the global question of how you make the playing field more level for everyone. And I'd never been to a developing country before. So Peace Corps seemed like a great opportunity to get experience there, take a break from school and see what I wanted to do next. And one of my biggest takeaways in the Peace Corps was there can be a lot of people that go into development work with a lot of ideals, but maybe not a lot of practical skills. And that's a gross generalization. But that was part of What I saw and also realizing the power business can have to make systemic change and the fact that business in and of itself, as opposed to development, is sustainable because it's generating profit. And so if you can figure out a way to use business to create impact, it can have the most impact. I came back from Peace Corps and instead of getting a master's in developmental economics, I went to work for big companies to start learning business. So I worked at Microsoft, then got my MBA, then worked at Miller Coors and then Adidas for a really long time.
1: When we're talking about like development, are we talking about like NGOs that are having certain initiatives as opposed to businesses that are having this impact?
0: So when I say development, often it's NGOs, but it can also be governments. Peace Corps is a government department agency, so is USAID. It's usually split between non-governmental organizations, NGOs, and government.
1: So you always had this idea of where you were headed pretty early on through your
0: career. Mm. (laughs) It might look like that in hindsight. I always had a very clear passion of being driven towards how do we solve the problems of inequality and feeling really strongly that it's so unfair that not everyone's given the same hand when they're born. And by no no doing of your own, you can be born into circumstances that make things a whole lot easier or a whole lot harder. And those circumstances can be the country you're born into, the family you're born into, the gender you're born into. And so really feeling passionate about wanting to find a way to spend this one beautiful life I have to make an impact where my heart calls me.
1: So, before you were out on your own as your consultant now, you worked with Adidas on the global purpose strategy or CSR strategy. And that's for a $22 billion company, right? Such a huge impact that that's making. I was just wondering, like, where did you start with that as a project? Like, how do you start, you know, being like, okay, we are looking at this huge company, global company, how are we going to figure out like where, yeah, you know, where we want to place our give back and how that kind of
0: trickles throughout the company? This is my advice for any company who's thinking about how to carve out a purpose that's bigger than profit to drive their business. And there's so many reasons to do it, but we'll get to that later. So I think the most fruitful place to look at is the intersection of what your consumers care about, what your employees care about, what you do as a business, so the industry you're in, and then where you can make the most impact. And that's going to narrow things down pretty quickly. And then within that, finding a space that you really want to put a stake in the ground and say, as a company, this is a version of the world we want to work towards creating with the passion of our entire workforce. We want to invite our consumers to be part of this, to be educated about what this is, to help contribute to it through their purchases and through other activities and events we create. Looking at that intersection is the best place to start. That makes a lot of sense because it's
1: sometimes you can be like, okay, well, where do we want to help? And we can help in so many places, but when we think about how we're drawing people into our product then there are certain whether that be supply chain or other things that are affected by the impact that we're having just by existing yeah seeing where those intersect will help you narrow down
0: the the space that you want to like really claim as your purpose absolutely and i think one of the hardest parts at the start is being focused because there are so many issues that need attention within the world but in order to make an impact and to really move the needle you need to focus on what you're trying to do and not spread your energies across everything and that focus does a couple things it galvanizes your entire organization to be going in the same direction and it also helps create the ambition for what your innovation is going to fall under And when your company is thinking about new revenue streams or new products that might make sense, having moonshot ambition of a world you're trying to create is such incredible motivation and inspiration for innovation. So a lot of
1: people listening to this podcast are startups, founders, people who work at startups, and a lot of them are early on. They may have a few employees, maybe they have 20 employees but there may be little or no profit yet. How would you implement some of these practices like really early on in a company's life? Like thinking about you've done this for Adidas and some of the other like huge companies.
0: I think it depends on the type of company you are, but I would always start at that intersection of if you, even if you're a startup, you know the consumers you're trying to go after. You know the type of people you're going to be hiring into your organization and you know the industry you're in. So thinking about where does it make sense to try to make an impact in looking at the intersection of all of those things and building that into your strategy and business model. As you think about what does success look like and what are we choosing to measure and how are we choosing to benchmark ourselves against other organizations within this space? A purpose can be a very guiding light for all of those things and a really big point of differentiation. That's a really important piece to talk about because when your company does stand for something greater than the bottom line, you attract employees that care about that mission as well, whose values are aligned. And then they bring their whole self to work, they bring all of their passion and mental capabilities to help solve that problem. And so it helps from a talent recruitment and retention standpoint. And also from a consumer standpoint, when they're looking across a sea of sameness from a product standpoint or a service standpoint, and what you're doing really resonates with their beliefs, they're going to choose your product. So
1: true. I'm so glad you brought up employees too. I feel like that's something that a lot of people might not think of is like, they're on my team. They're not the outside trying to like what I'm trying to brand too, but it's totally true. You're, you know, it's so competitive out there right now and people really want Mm -hmm. jobs that they believe in. I'm working with a recruitment app right now and interviewing people just for like user research. And so many people said, you know, I like, I really want a job to know that like the company that I work for is doing good work in the world. So yeah, I think that's, that's a huge part of it. And if you're growing something and those people are going to be with you for a while, like you said, they're going to bring their whole selves to it. That's value right there. We totally vote with our dollar. So if I have... All things being equal, and I see someone has like a mission or a purpose, you know, be behind what they're selling, it makes total sense to go with that one because I can also tell that story. And it also says something about me, which is fun. This gets back into like one of the things that you say is like purpose is a is a really good growth strategy, which makes total sense to me. And something that even when I'm working with companies, we talk about like how. Can your brand message get into someone's life in a way that, you know, they feel so seen and heard and they really want to spread the word and tell their friends about it because this is like representative of who they are. So can you talk a little bit more about like how you work with companies to implement that growth strategy at,
0: at whatever level? And it depends on where the company is on their journey. If they already have a purpose identified and it's, they're trying to find new ways to bring it to life and make it relevant and connect with both their internal and external stakeholders, or if they're starting from scratch. So there's a brand purpose model that I created from my work within this space, which I follow when I consult with clients. So the first part is really identifying a crystal clear purpose. And that's again, looking at that intersection of what your consumers care about, what your employees care about, the industry you're in and where you can make the most impact and narrowing it down to one crystal clear vision of the world you're trying to create. Then going and aligning your entire organization. So that's bringing together a cross-functional group that includes every single function to figure out how are we going to bring this to life? And how are we going to make sure that Everyone in the organization knows how their job contributes to this purpose. It doesn't matter if they're working in the warehouse, if they're in accounting, if they're a marketing person, they understand how they contribute to this. And you have accountability along the way too. That operationalizing it through your organization is so important because that's what brings it to life and creates ownership. Then there's rallying external partners. When you've identified this is the change in the world you want to make, There's going to be other organizations, whether there's other companies that are complementary to yours or in different spaces, or governments or NGOs that are passionate about the same thing. So rallying together a group where you can make a bigger impact than you could on your own as one organization. And then continuing to evolve, seeing what works and what doesn't, and continuing to get better at what you're doing and the impact you're trying to make. So
1: when you were talking about strategic partners. I don't know if that's how you put it. That's how I heard it in my brain, but that makes so much sense. And do you have any good examples of that? Like that seems like, yes, we just want to hang out
0: together because we believe in the same thing and then we can help amplify each other. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good examples out there. And during COVID, a lot of it was focused around COVID. For example, while I was at Adidas, we did a number of partnerships with the UN and the World Health Organization. And so that was very specific to the cause at hand. So it just depends on what it is your mission is and finding aligned people. I know Dove, for example, they focus, the brand Dove, they focus on self-esteem. So they've done a number of partnerships with Getty Images to make sure that there is a bank of representative images of females that other companies and their company can use in their advertising, breaking the norm of the cookie cutter, one size fits all version, one body type version in marketing. And they've had a number of other partners within that space that really focus around self-esteem education for the younger generation.
1: And so whenever you were talking about also getting it really implemented in all these different places between the organization from accounting to the mailroom and everywhere in between the C-suite. How does that happen a lot of times? Because a lot of times it is hard to align everyone. Is it events? Because it's not just communications, right? Like not just emails. It's somehow this needs to be brought into
0: their everyday life. Yeah. First and foremost is the CEO needs to be on board. It has to be something that they care about and they're saying is important to the organization because they set the tone of what's important and then everything flows from that. So that's absolutely priority number one. And when that tone is set, then it's looking at how are you measuring success and metricsing it and making sure that it's included in reviews. Reviews for the company, it's included in how you're reporting success, how you're tracking success. Because what gets measured gets done. If you know that as a company, your bonus is being tied to the impact that your products are also making and it's measured in this specific way, you're going to pay a lot more attention to it. And then it becomes part of the culture.
1: Exactly. What gets measured gets done. That makes complete sense from a goal perspective too. If I have a, a goal that is actually being measured, Yeah, I'm going to like want to do my job really well. When people are starting out on their creating their purpose brand and purpose strategy, what are some of the mistakes that they make whenever
0: they start implementing their initiatives? So one, which might be kind of controversial, is I've tried to move away from the term CSR, even though it's used a lot. So corporate social responsibility. And the reason why is it's been around for a while. And it's been handled in a pretty specific way where inside a company you'll have a couple people, maybe a handful of people that are in charge of CSR and they're super passionate and they're finding projects to invest in, but they tend to be completely unintegrated into the rest of the business. And there'll be people within the company that actually have no idea what the CSR focus is or what they're investing in. The reason why I want to move away from that term is it's important now to be effective to look at a business integrated solution. So that's where your purpose is actually tied into your business strategy. And it shows also how you help achieve your business goals. So it's not just this side thing that's done in years when you have extra money, where the company can feel good about itself, but it's really integrated into the DNA of what the company is, what they stand for, and what they're trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah. Which means that it's not just like a do-gooder or trying to be a good citizen. It's actually good for business to be doing these initiatives because it aligns with your customers, because it aligns with your supply chain, because it aligns with all of these aspects. So yeah, thinking about it that it's not just an arm that is meant to show our, you know, our really good side to the world, but it's a integral part of like the whole company is
0: key I think to understand for someone implementing this. It's a shift in thinking to using business as a force for good versus having a investment arm, which does some good, but it's not actually part of the business model.
1: Employees get a memo that's like, oh, we gave to this breast cancer awareness
0: month and we gave to the ASPCA and whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it's important to just keep in mind that the biggest problems, and you can look at UN Sustainable Development Goals, they've listed 17, which are like the catastrophic icebergs that humanity is is screening towards. So they're pretty identified biggest problems. The biggest problems are also the biggest business opportunities. If you find a way to look at them um, and solve them. I mean, even if you just look at CO2 emissions, there's going to be more and more regulation there. So if you can find a way to help businesses in any aspect of their production or their logistics, find solutions that are better for their carbon footprint in that way. You're going to have a market. I think it's important to keep in mind that using business as a force for good is great for morale. It's great for changing a job from just a job to a point of pride, but it's also a great business opportunity.
1: That's also why people started businesses in the first place to solve problems and to get them to the people that need the solutions. Anything that you want to share?
0: I think it's just a more piece of advice that it's never too late. I realize most of your listeners are startups and being able to integrate it at the very start of your business plan is awesome. And keeping in mind that how you bring it to life will continue to evolve as the market changes and the technologies we have change and we get smarter, but it's also never too late. You don't have to be a company that's born with purpose to embed it into your company later and really change the culture of your organization as a result.
1: That's a really interesting, yeah, a d- differentiation between you know starting with it and implementing it once you've already have like hundreds of people. Do you start at the same place whenever you do have hundreds of people, where you're? you know, you're working with a few key stakeholders and coming up with that purpose strategy, or are you actually bringing in the company to
0: somewhat guide that? Like how does it differ in the approach? I think it depends based on the leadership you have. A lot of times there'll be a leader who comes in and has a very strong feeling about the purpose that they want to make for the company. And then that's going to set the tone. But if that doesn't exist and they want to explore what the options are, then it's bringing together a larger cross functional team across the organization to figure out what makes sense and, again, where the biggest impact can be made.
1: I know you have your speaking and you have a keynote speech that you give at conferences and other places. Could you maybe talk about that a little bit and where people could? see you or find you at this. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I do a couple of different keynotes. One of them is how to drive profit with purpose, how to be remarkable and stand out in a crowded marketplace. And so that kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about a lot. Another one is specific to ESG, so environmental, social and governance, and how to go from zero to strategy process and reporting. Since this is an area that continues to keep getting increased focus, and companies don't want to be left behind, but not all of them know where to start. And it can be a pretty convoluted area since there's no universal standard for ESG reporting or rankings for that matter <laughs> and ratings. I'm listed with a couple different speakers bureaus. Big Speak is one, Washington Speakers Bureau is another. So that's the best place to find me if interested in the keynote.
1: Okay, so you guys all know where to find Kathy if you want to have her speak. All right, I want to switch to our lightning round. Who or what are you learning from right now? So many places.
0: (laughs) Right before this, we were just talking about our dogs. And I would say I learn from my dogs daily of just a realignment or a reminder of what's important. They're such a good reflection, can be such a good reflection of self that's great. Yeah. So fun. What's been routine or habit that has improved your life? This is what I'm still working on, but it's just creating more space. I think probably like a lot of your listeners, I can get in the habit of just doing, 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 and forget to breathe and look up and look around. So really trying to be more cognizant and intentional about creating space and the impact that that has on my work and myself when I actually do that.
1: And what advice would you give a young person entering their career?
0: To be open to the possibilities that present themselves. I think it can become really easy to get focused on a specific destination. By doing that, you can zone out opportunities you maybe never thought to consider. And those might actually end up leading to a more interesting and better place for you. So just being open to... How life unfolds.
1: Before we go, where can people find you?
0: My website's the best place, kathyverol.com. That's K A T H Y V A R O L.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. i great. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much for listening to this episode of Art of the App. If you like the episode, please share it with a friend and consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more people just like you find the show. You can connect with me on my website at michellecharian.com or Instagram. The link for both is in the show notes. See you next week.